0: Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It is 30 September. Oh, it's the last day of September. Tomorrow's October. It's going to start getting cool tomorrow, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Probably not, but it sure would be nice if it did. Define cool. Yeah, defying cool. Um, I always say 15 October is when it will start cooling down. Some years it actually happens on 15 October, and sometimes, like last year, it doesn't happen until what? January? Whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, 30 September, Sunday, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And I, I got a tickle this past Sunday. Some of you might know John Holler. He does a Prophecy Update um, he's up in uh, Ohio. And uh, anyway, nice guy. Does a great prophecy update. I can recommend about two or three or four prophecy updates, and that's it. Uh, he is one of my would recommend. He's very analytical. He's a lawyer. He's a smart guy. And he had the uh, same. When you go to YouTube, it has like a picture that you see of whatever you're going to watch. Sometimes you put your own picture in, or it will select a picture off of the video and just make that the icon. His icon. Uh, used to be a picture of the world with, like, um, you know, firecrackers. It, like, the world's going to blow up, okay? And they put him on restricted status because of that, because it might harm somebody's sensibilities because of this picture of the world blowing up. And I thought, if they really looked closely at the picture of ours, it's got a picture of the world, I didn't do it. I, I, uh, I'm i the guy in the... Uh, I did the uh, picture of the uh, guy in the shofar. That's me. I'm wearing a tallit, and I'm blowing a shofar. And then my friend took that picture. He said, hey, that's pretty cool. I'm going to do something with it. And he took a picture of me and with all the world around that's being uh, uh, like the Lord blowing down on the earth and it's being destroyed during the tribulation period. And if so somebody really looked at that. That's a scary picture. So we'll see if that gets reported and somebody says, well, you go on to restricted status because of that. So he had to change his cover photo and my heart goes out to him because he wanted to maintain consistency and people know who you are and now he's got to rebuild his... Uh, you know, the mental image for people, but I like his new picture better anyway. Um, so there you go. But I just want to send my hats off to John Holler and tell him how I, I. I won't say it. We send an email back and forth to each other, and he said something. And I've been poking him at it a couple times this week. So, anyway, our first category, as always, is Israel, from the Times of Israel. Uh, today's prophecy update isn't going to deal with the big issues of the day, other than the UN. And most of it, believe it or not, is about the movement of nations in the world, where people are moving and stuff. It just seemed to be a theme. After I got all the articles I thought were interesting, they all kind of followed the same thing. Um, But anyway, here we go. Kosovo president, recognize us, and we'll open an embassy in Jerusalem. So, yeah, they want to be recognized by Israel, which obviously is a status thing. We want Israel to recognize us. We will move our embassy. So there you go. The U.S. and dozens of other countries have recognized Kosovo, a Muslim-majority country, but they have other faiths in the country. But yes, that was the surprising thing. When I saw that, I said Muslim-majority, and they still would be willing to do this um, as a state since it declared independence from Serbia in 2008. But opposition by Russia and China have kept Kosovo from getting U.N. membership. So we'll see what Israel does with that because they want to be on the good side of Russia, obviously, especially with what's going on next door in Syria, but this nation wants Israeli recognition, so it's an interesting thing, and they're going to have to decide what are we going to do with this from the Times of Israel. South Africa quietly returns its ambassador to Israel. Made no big reports anywhere on this. It's just a little article about it. South Africa's ambassador to Israel has quietly returned to Israel. Four months after he was recalled in protests of actions, Israel took to fend off violent Palestinian protests at the Gaza border. They said, we're withdrawing our ambassador, and now they've sent him back, and it was just done all under the table. From the Russian Times, Russia to supply Syria with S 300, which is their anti uh, everything in the sky. Mm-hmm. They have the S 300, which blows up things that come over a country, defends it kind of like the Patriot system, whatever. Uh, they have a much better one, which is the S 400. And Russia will play one country off another, so they won't sell it to this country, but they will sell it to this country, and et cetera. But even then, the S-300 is a very good system. They're going to sell it to Syria within two weeks after the IL-20 downing during Israeli raid. I don't know if you know about it because I did not report on it last week, but a IL-20 Russian plane, which is a surveillance plane, was blown out of the sky by Israel. And uh, actually, it wasn't by Israel, was it? It was by uh, something being shot at a plane. And anyway, um, but Israel, they blamed Israel for it because their plane was in the way at the time and whatever. So it was a big mess. And uh, it's like I say, I try not to report on Syria too much until it really gets to a point where it looks like something's going to happen. lot of people speculate about Syria all the time. Damascus, Isaiah 17 is going to come into play this week, and every three months that gets rotated again. It doesn't happen, and then they wait a couple months where people have forgotten, and then they bring it in again. We're right at the key point. Isaiah 17 is going to happen, and Damascus is going to be destroyed, and we're not there yet. We're not even close to that. But anyway, that's why I don't get into the Syria issue a great deal, other than the fact that Israel goes into Syria to take care of its own problems, and now this is going to cause a problem for Israel. That's why I'm reporting on this. Russia will deliver to Damascus an S-300 air defense system previously suspended on a request by Israel. It comes as a part of response to the downing of a Russian IL-20 plane amid an Israeli air raid on Syria. Moscow accused Tel Aviv of failing to inform Russia about its impending attack on targets in Syria which resulted in a downing of the Russian electronic warfare aircraft by Syrian return fire. That's what happened. It was Syrians that blew it up, but they were thinking they were shooting at Israelis. Israelis got away from it, and the Russians got blown up in the process. President Putin ordered the Defense Ministry to take several measures in response to the incident. The S-300 is a relatively modern system capable of engaging targets at the range of up to 250 kilometers Syria's current anti-aircraft systems are older models that did not stop Israel from attacking targets on Syrian territory. The Russian military will also supply better control systems to Syrian air defense troops. This is important because if you have a missile that can blow things up in the sky and you don't have the control systems to go along with it, you're kind of shooting up in the air. But they are going to provide an entire array of things. Um, The Russian military will give those better control systems to the Syrian air defense troops, which are only supplied to the Russian armed forces. This will allow integration of Syrian and Russian military assets, allowing the Syrians to have better targeting information. Bad news for Israel. Next article, Behold Israel. Netanyahu asked Putin to not supply Syria with the S-300 anti-missile system. From the Times of Israel, major mistake. Israel and U.S. warn Russia against giving S-300 missiles to Syria. This morning I saw an article that says they are being shipped right now. So there you go. It's a mess over there. It's going to get to be more of a mess. We're not close to where we should be with Isaiah 17, uh, just so you know that. From Times of Israel. Russian electronic warfare system arrives in Syria. That's what goes along with the S-300s. Russian electronic warfare equipment intended to disrupt airstrikes has arrived in Syria as Moscow moves rapidly to boost air defenses for its ally Damascus. Without detailing exactly what was sent... The sources noted that the systems were intended to disrupt airborne radar, aircraft communication and controls, and satellite navigation systems used in attack jets, drones, and guided munitions. Operators will be able to project a protective radioelectric dome over hundreds of kilometers of Syrian territory and along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea." It's just getting really dicey over there, but nobody is going to go in and make any of these giant mistakes on the Israeli side at this point. Uh, they've been blamed for what happened. I would venture to say that's not exactly uh, what happened, but they are being blamed. And so this is all coming into play from the Times of Israel. 55 House Republicans urged Trump to allow Israel on passports of Jerusalem-born Americans. They have already moved the uh, embassy, but they still do not allow people that are born in Jerusalem to say, I was born in Israel. That has not happened yet, and they're asking Trump to approve that. A letter from 55 U.S. House of Representatives Republicans to President Trump asks him to direct the State Department to allow U.S. citizens born in Jerusalem to list Israel as their birth country on their passport. Previous administrations have resisted allowing Jerusalem-born Americans to list Israel as their birth country, saying that it would be de facto recognition of Israel's claim to the city. We've already moved our embassy. You might as well just go through with it. And I would think, I'm not trying to outguess our president because he makes decisions that are all over the place, and they always come out pretty effective, but I would think that he will probably go with this. We'll see. From, and he'll do it at a time when it really annoys people the most. That's that's he's just great at that. From the times of Israel, Israeli building. Uh, oh, read this again. This is kind of an interesting. Article it has nothing to do with prophecy, but I thought it was cute. An Israeli building a sukkah. You know what a sukkah is? It's the little things they live in. Remember, we did the Feast of Tabernacles, and we're supposed to live in these little huts. Okay, an Israeli building a sukkah falls from his fourth floor is saved by a sukkah on the ground floor. Yes. Plummeting downward, he smashed into his neighbor's sukkah on the ground floor. He was taken to Jerusalem's, I can't pronounce it, Sedek Hospital with moderate injuries to his lower body. Paramedic uh, said that the sukkah on the ground floor broke his fall and that the man was in stable condition. So from one sukkah to the next. There you go. Okay, I'm going to add in a different category today than I've ever added in before, just for this week. Just a UNGA Roundup, United Nations General Assembly Roundup. I'm going to read you some titles. You could see that at the UN General Assembly, the focus was on two countries, Israel and Iran. Here we go, from uh, Jay Post. Saab Erekat, Trump has closed the doors to peace. I mean, you get some of these prophecy people out there that are speaking right now that Trump is the Antichrist and he's going to bring in, uh, you know, the peace deal and blah, 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 blah. Listen, he is proposing a peace deal that is going to go nowhere, okay? First guy says that. He has closed the door to peace. The Times of Israel, Macron says unilateral initiatives won't bring Israeli Phakistinian peace. And he's talking about Trump's unilateral initiative. So they're not on the ball with him. From the Times of Israel, Erdogan accuses Security Council of ignoring massacre of Phakistinians. Well, we've seen that isn't true. Instead, it's the opposite, where they come in and they kill a lot of Jews and the Jews simply respond. Okay? From Haaretz, Erdogan at UN, Turkey stands with Phakistinians. World must protect Jerusalem. From the Jerusalem Post, King Abdullah who is in Jordan, okay? We will protect Jerusalem's Muslim Christian character, okay? It is the Muslims in Israel, the land of Israel, that have destroyed the Christian character in many of those places. The uh, town of Bethlehem and some of these other places used to have large populations of Christians, and they've dwindled down to almost nothing because of the Muslim presence. Okay, so that's absolutely incorrect. But from Haaretz, Egypt's Sisi at the United Nations, world must guarantee Palestinian state with East Jerusalem as its capital. From the Jerusalem Post, Minister Bennett, this is the minister Naftali Bennett to the education minister in um, Uh, Israel, no Fakistinian state while I am in government. He said it. It's not going to happen. Trump is not going to initiate the uh, end times. He's not the Antichrist, and he's not going to have a seven-year peace deal. As a matter of fact, I don't think that our president would even conceive of saying, we're going to make seven years of peace. He would say, we're going to make a peace deal, and it's going to be forever, right? That's what he would do. He's not going to do one of these silly things that the rest of the world seems engaged in. So if you see something about Trump being the Antichrist, just turn it off or, or, you know, whatever it's silly these people are not behind him on that from haaretz rouani at the united nations nuclear israel is the greatest threat to the middle east even though they've had their nuclear weapons for eons and eons they're the greatest threat to the middle east in treatment of Palestinians is apartheid all right how many people live in iran that are not iranians very few, I would venture to say, very few. Now, they do have a few Jews there, and they have some Christian populations, but they are a Muslim nation, and they're allowed to do what they want with it. They don't have open borders there. They, they would shun open borders. They, and you talk about apartheid. They hate the Sunni Muslims, right? I mean, you've got the Shias, and you've got the Sunnis, and so he's just talking out of one side, but absolutely it's untrue what he's saying, and they're just as hypocritical about it in their country from the times of Israel. At the General Assembly, UN Chief bemoans endless Israeli-Fakistinian conflict. So it's been going on and on, and it's been going on and on. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. So he bemoans it. Well, it's not going to get fixed yet, that's for sure. From the Jerusalem Post, UN Secretary General denying Israel's right to exist is anti-Semitism. Now, would you have thought of him saying that? But he did, right there in the UN General Assembly. So that's your UNGA Roundup. From Christian News Today... Fiscal year 2018 refugee admissions, 70.8% are Christians, 15.4% are Muslims. It is almost opposite that when our previous president was in there. I'm so happy to see this. The proportion of Christians to Muslims among refugees from around the world admitted to the United States has changed significantly in fiscal year 2018. I wonder why. With Christians comprising seven in 10 new arrivals and Muslims fewer than two in 10 in fiscal year 17, by contrast, which was coordinated. The first half of it was basically the Obama administration because they have the follow on. Right. Um of the 53,716 refugees admitted to the U.S. by both the Obama admin during the roughly first third of the year and the Trump admins during the roughly two-thirds of the remaining year, also because of the courts that said you can't stop these people coming in, right? So this was contrary to what our president wanted. I'm talking about our current president, uh, were Christians, and 42.1% were Muslims. The Trump admin this week proposed a refugee cap of 30,000 for fiscal year 19, the lowest since the legislation was enacted in 1980. Good job, President. It will now consult with Congress before a final determination by the president. What that means is that people come into the nation. We're not stopping that. We're saying you must come in legally. And refugees, hey, there's plenty of places where refugees can come from. In the past, it has always been the case. I learned this from Rush Limbaugh, okay? In the past, it has always been the case that the United States has taken in more refugees than all other nations of the world combined. That's got to stop, okay? That's got to stop. Nobody ever talks about that, and there's plenty of other nations that these people can go to, and nations that have the same religion, they have the same language, let them go there. Okay, if they want to come here, they can file to come in just like anybody else that wants to come into this nation. That is what needs to happen, All right, from The Guardian. Vatican signs historic deal with China. I talked about it last week. Would it happen? I said I'd think it will. It did. But critics denounced the sellout. The Vatican and China said they had signed a historic agreement on the appointment of RCC bishops, a breakthrough on an issue that for decades filled tensions between the Holy See and Beijing and thwarted efforts towards diplomatic relations. It's an incredible betrayal, said Cardinal Joseph Zen, the former Archbishop of Hong Kong. The consequences will be tragic and long-lasting, not only for the church in China, but for the whole church because it damages the credibility. The deal has been done amid a crackdown by Chinese regime on Christians and followers of other faiths in recent years. Churches have been closed down, crosses and other religious symbols have been removed. You heard all of this last week. The accord allows the faithful to have bishops who are in communion with Rome, but recognized by Chinese authorities. The explosion of Christianity in the country has mainly been seen in Protestant evangelical churches, meaning what's happened in China over the past many years is the Protestants have bloomed, okay? China doesn't want that. They want to make sure that they are under control. The Vatican doesn't want that because they're being left out of the money that they can rake in off of this, and so they have caved to the Chinese authorities, which one would expect anyway, they will basically be the only legitimate Christian religion in China soon. They will make all of the money they want. They are the mother of harlots, all right? The explosion of Christianity in the country has been mainly Protestant, evangelical churches, Catholicism is a relatively minor religion with an estimated 10 to 12 million adherents. That will no longer be the case. From WorldNetDaily. Daily. My friend, I struggle whether I should include this because I can't read the whole article. It's like 15 million pages long. Not really, but it's a long article, and it would just take the whole update to do it. But my friend sent it to me. He was distressed over it, and I thought I'd read it to you. Um, Before I do, listen to the title. Type in World Net Daily in the title. Read the article. Understand what is going on. I'm just going to give you a very small portion of the article with my comments. All right? mega pastor. Ten Commandments No Longer Applicable. Now, this is Andy Stanley. Be careful how you breathe in and be careful what you listen to. I'm going to say this now before I give this comment. This is written by Joseph Farah. He is a Hebrew roots adherent who works at WND. So what you have now is a person slamming one person when his doctrine is as bad or worse than this person okay so let's just be aware of that don't always believe just because somebody says that guy has bad doctrine means that you have right doctrine that is what's called a category mistake he may have bad doctrine but this person may as well okay let me point over there because this person probably doesn't (laughs) feel that way anyway here we go Ten Commandments no longer applicable. Andy Stanley, pastor of the 34,000-member North Point Community Church in suburban Atlanta, who famously advised his flock to unhitch, which he says he didn't say. Somebody added that in, but whatever. We'll just go with it. Unhitch from the Old Testament in a sermon last spring has now penned an article promoting his new book saying laws such as Thou Shalt Have No Other Gods Before Me and Thou Shalt Not Kill are no longer relevant to Christians living in the New Covenant era. Hold on, guys. Everybody hold on. This is Andy Stanley's comments. But how many times have you seen Christians trying to post the text of the Sermon on the Mount in a public place? Or the all-encompassing commandment that Jesus gave us? A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. That's John 13, 34, okay? The one commandment, he stresses, doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? But if we're going to create a monument to stand as a testament to our faith, shouldn't it at least be a monument of something that actually applies to us, Okay. Now, I want you to know that Andy Stanley holds to basically the views of a guy named Marcion. He was a heretic. And the reason why is because he said the God of the Old Testament is disconnected from the God of the New Testament. He, what he taught in the Old Testament was bad. What he taught in the New Testament was good. And so Marcion has always been considered a heretic by the church. He follows basically that doctrine. He says that God in the Old Testament was angry, he was divisive, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, but the God in the New Testament is loving, etc. Okay. Don't get too panicked now until I give you my comments. I want everybody to just wait. Don't breathe in too deeply. (laughs) This is Joseph Farah. In Matthew 5, 17 through 19, Jesus says, think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill, okay? For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. I'm skipping all of his comments. I'm just giving you a little bit of what he said, okay? whosoever therefore shall break one of these commandments and shall teach men so he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven but whoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven okay phara would be who paul actually warns against in the book of galatians i want you to know this by reinserting the law when Jesus said let me read that quote again I'm going to analyze it for you and I'm going to give you some more analysis don't panic until I'm done because you're going to hear something and you're going to say well that doesn't sound right let me finish okay I had that happen I was preaching on the beach before we moved into this building five years ago next month and I was preaching on the beach and I was talking about the Ten Commandments and I was saying almost what you heard Andy Stanley say and one guy took his wife and he left before one sentence before I explained why I said what I said And I told Sergio, who saw him do it, and he said, I wish he had just stayed another minute. I said to him, don't worry. But he did the right thing because he thought I was teaching people not to don't murder, no God's before me, and all that, okay? And I would have left a church like that, but I would have waited to see what he had to say about it first. That guy didn't, and so he didn't get the uh, good information. But I'm going to take you to Joseph Farah first. First, I'll go back to what Andy Stanley said. Andy Stanley quoted the Gospels, okay? He was Quoting the Gospels, in particular Matthew, Mark, and Luke, a lot of that is in his the Beatitudes, the Sermons on the Mount, and all that. Okay, the three Synoptic Gospels do not pertain to the Church in any way, shape, or form. Now, Paul does repeat some of the substance of the Sermon on the Mount in Romans chapter 16, but what Jesus was doing was speaking to the to the Jews under the law. under the Law. Okay. He's not speaking in, the church is never mentioned in Matthew, Mark, or Luke until after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. If you read Matthew 24, Matthew 25, I got in a long talk with some wonderful people about that yesterday, and you insert that in your theology, you are wrong. He was not speaking to the church. That was not even considered, okay? So Andy Stanley is wrong in citing those and saying this is New Testament theology. He's citing Old Testament theology. Now, what he did cite was John 13, uh, 34. John is okay. There's a reason for it. Watch our Thursday night Bible studies, and you'll understand why John is different and the audience is different. The three synoptic gospels are not speaking to the church, okay, until after his death, burial, and resurrection. Joseph Farah cites. I'll read it again think not that i come to destroy the law of the prophets i have not come to destroy and they stop right there and they're thinking jesus said i've not come to destroy it the next words answer what he did but to fulfill, fulfill. Yeah. and fulfill it he did he fulfilled the old testament law in its entirety for verily i say to you till heaven and earth pass away not one jot or tittle will no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled we've been preaching in genesis exodus and leviticus and now in numbers for almost 8 years i believe that the law is sound And there's a reason why the law was given, which Jim said in our opening today. However, when he said that, it is true. Not one jot or tittle will pass from the law. If you are not in Jesus Christ, the law, all 613 precepts of the law of Moses belong to you. You have to fulfill them. The man who does these things, Leviticus 18, verse 5, the man who does these things will live by them. Not one person who lived under the law of Moses, not one lived. They are all dead with one exception, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the God-man. He was able to fulfill that law because he was born without sin, and he was qualified to die for our sins because he fulfilled that law in our place. So yes, it's true that the law will not pass away, not a jot or a tittle, for those who are not in Christ. If you are in Christ, the answer is, I'm going to finish my comments, and I'll read you right from the Bible. Pharaoh would be who Paul warns against in Galatians by inserting the law. I'm going to go back one more time to Andy Stanley. While Jesus foreshadowed in the old covenant, he did not come to extend it. Now, I'll agree with that. Jesus did not come to extend the old covenant. He came to fulfill it. Fulfill it, he did. Okay? Put a bow on it and establish something entirely new. Andy Stanley is 100% right with that statement. He's wrong in other statements, but he's right there. The new Jesus unleashed made the faith of first century believers formidable. Their apologetic was irrefutable, which is evidenced in the book of Acts. Okay, although Peter stumbled quite a bit and he was rebuked in Galatians, he would be the one that Paul warned against and Joseph Farr would be that, okay? Their courage unquestionable and their results were remarkable. Dear Christian reader, why, why, why would we ever be tempted to reach back beyond the cross to borrow from a covenant that was temporary and inferior to the covenant established for us at Calvary? He is 100% correct in that statement. I'm going to give him credit where credit is due and I'm going to read you a couple of verses. This is the most important thing. You talk about prophecy. This is where prophecy comes from, is understanding the person and work of Jesus Christ in context. If you're in the Hebrew roots movement, you need to understand what it says in the book of Hebrews. We are currently going through the book of Hebrews. We started, we're in chapter uh, four right now. We started, what, about two months ago. It's going to take us the rest of the year to get through. I recommend that you start reading those. Go back to my first commentary and read every single one of those commentaries until you get to the one I posted today and then each day I post another one. And it, you will learn more doctrine about the Old Testament and how Jesus pertains to that than you will ever know in your life. Okay, here's what it says in Hebrews 7, verse um, 18. First, I'll go to Hebrews 7, 12. For the priesthood, who is the priest of the Old Covenant? Began with A and ended with Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, that's right, okay? So, he was here. For the priesthood being changed, is Jesus of the line of Aaron? No, he's of the tribe of Judah, okay? The priesthood being changed, by necessity, there is also a change of the law. There is one priesthood for one law. The law of Moses is done. It is done, because the priesthood is done. He is the priest of a better covenant. Okay, here's what it says in verse 18 of chapter 7 of Hebrews. For on the one hand, there is the annulling of the former commandment. Does anybody here know what the word annul means? Done. Done. It is exactly what Andy Stanley said. It is done. It is over. There is an annulling of the former commandment, unless you're Joseph Farah, and you want to teach heresy, which is what he's doing. He's saying you're still obligated to these commands. See why I say you got to be careful. You're calling this guy a heretic when you're teaching heresy yourself. Be very careful. There is a nulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. The law of Moses was weak and unprofitable. If you want to know why, go to the book of Galatians. It was to teach us how utterly sinful sin is. It was to condemn us in our sin so that we would understand our need for a Savior. Thank you, Jim Dwyer, for saying that before we open. Chapter 8, verse 13, in that he says, A new covenant... Right? New covenant, that's Christ. I establish this covenant in my blood. A new covenant I establish. In a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Obsolete. It means basically what a null does, but it's a little more poignant. Done. It is obsolete. It is no longer in effect if you are in Christ Jesus. If you're not in Christ, guess what? That law still pertains. You must fulfill every jot and tittle of it. Okay? Joseph Era is trying to work his way to heaven, and he will never make it. He will stand outside because he says, this, the cross of Jesus Christ is not enough. It is insufficient to save me, and I have to work my way to heaven in place of what Christ did. That is a sad place to be when you stand before the Lord, and he says, I did all of this. Okay, before I go on with the rest of my quotes, why do we not murder people? Why do we have no gods before us? Why do we obey nine of the Ten Commandments? Because they are repeated in the New Covenant. They're in the New Testament, and they're told not to do those things. One of them is talked against by Paul at least 10 times. It's called the Sabbath, okay? Read Hebrews, or I'm sorry, Romans 14, verse 5. Read Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17. A bunch of other verses. He says, you are not in any way, shape, or form obligated to the Sabbath observance. That answers your question about the Ten Commandments, which she was gasping when I said, Andy Stanley says it's done. It is done. The entire body of the Law of Moses... You have the civil law and the moral law. That's what people always say, and the moral law is still in effect. No, it is one codified body of law, one law. Christ annulled it. But he didn't do away with those precepts, did he, because they're repeated in the New Testament. That is what I said on the beach a couple years ago right after that guy had walked away. If he understood that we're still not to go killing people, it would make a big difference in your theology. Let's go on. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. It says, Then he said, Jesus, then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, meaning the law of Moses, that he may establish the second. You cannot have two covenants running concurrently. He has taken away the first to establish the second for those who are in him. One more and I'll be done. Colossians chapter 2, it's verse 14. I'll find it and we'll read it and we'll be done. Having wiped out, you got the writing of the law of Moses. It's written. What do you do when you wipe something out it's gone it's erased having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us the law of Moses was against us which was contrary to us and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross Christ died on that cross he was nailed to that cross because he is the embodiment of the law of Moses he says they can't bear this yoke this burden this heavy burden and I'm going to establish something new in the grace of God found in Jesus Christ. And it will be forever. It will be forever and ever. I'm sorry, Joseph Farah, but your article is wrong, and you are wrong. You have to. Un- you want to know where these issues come in? Exactly what we do in Prophecy Updates every single week. We talk about Israel. First category every week. Why do I do that? Because Israel is not replaced by the church. This is a doctrine known as, anybody? Placement. Replacement theology instead of begins with a D, ends with dispensationalism. Dispensationalism. If you do not understand the seven dispensations in their proper context, you will always, always have unsound theology. You will always have it. If you insert the church into Matthew 24 or Matthew 25, you will have a contradiction in your theology of what Paul says. That is why this is the most important issue. People won't want to watch this update because it has doctrine in it. I don't care. Doctrine is the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. If you sit and watch a 1,000 updates a week about Syria being blown up, you're no farther along in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have sound theology, you are not walking properly with God. Islam Today, from the Times of Israel, World Bank. Report warns Gaza Strip economy is in free fall. Good. From the Times of Israel, Irish foreign minister will recognize Fakistein if peace talks remain stalled. So you got peace talks that are stalled, and they say, well, then we'll just recognize them. But listen to their logic here. Irish foreign minister Simon Coveney said his country had planned to recognize a Fakistinian state as a part of a peace agreement with Israelis and Fakistinians. Okay, well, it makes sense. If the world has recognized them as a state, then you recognize them. It's not what's good, but it makes sense. Okay, well, here's what he says but the lack of any advances and talks means that we may have to forget the second part of that. That makes no sense. We're going to recognize somebody that hasn't been recognized. It, it, people just don't think clearly. We've got to do something. We've got to do something. <laughs> Zero hedge. Libya urges UN to take concrete action to halt chaos in Tripoli. I've told you, keep an eye on Libya. When Libya falls under one authority, which is aligned with Russia, we will be very close to Gog Magog. We may not be here. We may be here. But watch Libya. More than seven years after NATO launched a regime change war in Libya on the side of anti-Gaddafi rebels... The West is again being asked to intervene as the country further descends into civil war. Except this time, it's the internationally recognized government, since installed in Tripoli, that is at war with itself. And the death toll from interfactional fighting since August has now reached over 100 and is growing as street battles in Tripoli suburbs rage, causing leaders to urge the United Nations to act. It's a war zone over there. They're fighting against each other. Somebody is going to gain ascendancy. It, I, I think, this is just me, I think it'll be that guy, um, Hiftar, because he's aligned with the Russians, and then we will have the pieces really coming together quickly. We're not there yet, okay? Zero Hedge. NGO Migrantship. Non-governmental organization is an NGO. NGO Migrantship has registration revoked No more Libya, Europe runs. These people have been taking people from Africa to Europe constantly. These non-government agencies, they've been funneling. This has been a Soros-funded organization, bringing people in to destroy the foundation of Europe. And this last ship has had its registration revoked. Panama has revoked the registration of the NGO migrant ship Aquarius II, which was the last remaining charity rescue vessel operating in the central Mediterranean area. It is currently at sea with 58 refugees on board. The move by the Panama Authority means that once the Aquarius II, operated in part by SOS Mediterranean arrives into port, it will be deflagged and barred from operating. As such, there are no more NGO vessels available to transport people from the Libyan coast in the near future unless the ship can find a new flag to sail under. SOS Mediterranean, one of the charities that operates the Aquarius, said in a statement it was reeling from news of the revocation, which it said followed pressure from the Italian government. Best thing that could ever happen to Europe, I'll tell you that. Times of Israel. Defying Trump, powers agree to evade Iran's sanctions, keep nuclear deal alive. This is the EU who was defying Trump on this. The European Union said its members would set up a payment system to allow oil companies and businesses to continue trading with Iran in a bid to evade sanctions after the U.S. withdraw from a nuclear agreement. Iran and the EU announced their defiance towards President Trump's admin after high-level talks at the United Nations among the remaining members of the accord. The countries said in a statement that they were determined to protect the freedom of their economic operators to pursue legitimate business with Iran. In practical terms, this means that the EU member states will set up a legal entity to facilitate legitimate financial transactions with Iran, and this will allow European countries to continue to trade with Iran in accordance with European law and could be open to other partners in the world. They're not going along with Trump. He is going to hammer them if they continue with this. They're going to be hammered. Zero hedge. Erdogan has ordered Turkish operations against political enemies on U.S. soil. Yeah, that's a. he's setting himself up for bad times if he does this. Remember they tried that in Mongolia? I gave that Mongolia update where they tried a black bag job on him, and Mongolia said, you ain't doing this on our territory. Imagine him doing this on U.S. soil. A spokesman for Turkish President Erdogan said the operations have been ordered against Turkey's political enemies, including those on U.S. soil. Our relevant units and institutions will continue their operations in the countries the FETO operates in, whether it be the U.S. or some other country, said spokesman Ibrahim Khalin, describing how Turkey's national intelligence organization, MIT, would target followers of Muslim cleric Fetullah Gulen worldwide rest assured that they will feel turkey breathing down their neck added kalin that is serious from mongolia from sbs.com.au the world's dirtiest air yeah the citizens of mongolia's capital are literally dying to breathe smog from raw coal used to heat housing in the world's Coldest capital blankets the city in toxic PM 2.5 particular matter, whatever that at some high level. Earlier this year, Ulaanbaatar's population level was recorded to be 133 times above the World Health Organization's limit. With summer droughts and freezing winters making life in the countryside hard to sustain, Mongolia citizens find themselves in an impasse. Stay in the city and choke or move away at their own risk. Daniel 12 Technology from Newsmax. Report. First 1,000-year-old human might be alive today. Yep, the world's, they're looking to genetically keep us alive for 1,000 years, okay? This doesn't interest me at all. I want to tell you that right now. You want to live 1,000 years? Go ahead. I'm going to live forever with a four on it. The world's first 1,000-year-old human might already be alive, according to researcher Aubrey de Grey, and artificial intelligence firm Singularity.net CEO Ben Gertzel agrees. The belief is based on assertion that AI technology can predict how drugs interact with the body and scientists will be able to solve seven types of aging damage. It's not even that extremely visionary in view of what longevity freaks like, Aubrey and I believe because I think we could easily be 10 or 20 years away or even 5 years away from something that would let most people who took the therapy extend the lifespan by 10 or 20 years beyond it would be otherwise Gertzel told Inverse at the human level artificial intelligence conference in Prague and once you're at that point then hopefully there's a virtual cycle that happens. In other words, they come up with a development you can live 20 years longer, and somebody says, wow, and then they develop that and you live another 20, and then pretty soon the cycle just grows where now you can live to be a thousand years old. That's the idea there. Ain't gonna happen, folks. From CNN. (laughs) Japan successfully lands robot rovers on asteroids' surface. That's very cool. The Japanese space agency said it made history by successfully landing two unmanned rovers on an asteroid. The two rovers are in good condition and are transmitting images and data. The one kilometer wide space rock which is shaped like a diamond, is expected to be rich in water and organic materials, allowing scientists to clarify interactions between the building blocks of the Earth and the evolution of its oceans and life, thereby developing solar system science, JAXA said in a statement. A series of specially designed cameras, four on the first rover and three on the second, will take stereo images of the asteroid surface. The rovers are also equipped with temperature gauges and optical sensors as well as accelerometer and a set of gyroscopes. I just think that's very cool. Space stuff, I always liked it. From Revelation Plagues Today, Mail Online. Death rates up for five of the twelve leading causes of death. Life expectancy of babies has dropped for the first time in years as rates of death from suicide, accidents, Alzheimer's, and liver disease soar. This is in the U.S. Diseases of age and despair alike claimed more lives in 2016 than they did in 2006, a new CDC data reveals. Life expectancy is now nearly four months shorter for babies born today than for those a decade ago. Deaths from suicide and Alzheimer's have each surged by nearly a quarter since 2006. Accidents and injuries that turned deadly increased by 16%. We're becoming careless in our lives The blood infection that causes sepsis is the twelfth leading cause of death and has a recent resurgence. From Time Magazine, same subject, deaths, alcohol and suicide are killing so many young Americans that the country's average lifespan is falling. They gave their own take on the CDC survey, here's what it says, the CDC issued its annual comprehensive health and morality report which analyzes trends in death rates by cause and demographic. Drugs, alcohol, and suicide, the report says, have contributed to the first drops in U.S. life expectancy since 1993. Now, remember, that ended when our previous president was in power, so of course people were despondent. No doubt about it. Hopefully that'll change now that people see that there's hope again. They better get cracking with that thousand-year thing. They better get cracking with that thousand-year thing. Exactly. From Mail Online. Perfect storm for Ebola. Combination of violence and political unrest will cause the deadly outbreak to spread within weeks. Health chief warns, armed opposition attacks in affected provinces have risen in recent weeks. Refugee workers have been forced to evacuate due to daily raids. This comes as the death toll from Ebola in the DRC has reached 97 people. I'd like to go back to the Christian category for a second. I don't bear any ill will at all towards either Andy Stanley or... Joseph Vera, other than that they're teaching false doctrine. They need to get their doctrine straight. If they want to have a training session, they can join us every Thursday night at the right. Superior Word, and they will get proper doctrine. But to teach somebody that you have to observe the law of Moses, I'm sitting here stewing over it while I'm reading these articles. It's all I can focus on because the word of God is precious, and what is most precious is what Jesus did for us. He shed his blood so that we can be re- redeemed from the law. It's a yoke and a burden, Acts chapter 15, that none of them could carry. Why would you reimpose it on the Gentiles, they asked. Do not be caught up in this Hebrew roots movement. Don't do it. I'm stewing over this. I don't bear either of them ill will. I want them to teach proper doctrine. Andy Stanley preaches to 34,000 people a week, and he's saying this Marcion heresy. Don't do that. The Old Testament, We, like I said, we've been in this book now For eight years, and we're only up to the book of Numbers. We did a couple small books in between each of them. But I have to tell you something. We are in the law of Moses, and it's pointing to Christ. It's begging for us to come to Jesus Christ, not to stay under the law. So an emancipated slave goes back to pick cotton. Exactly. exactly. An emancipated slave goes back to picking cotton. That's exactly what's happening there. That's exactly what's happening there. Okay, morality today. Very good point. Fox. Children's Hospital drops gender markers from patient wristbands. Yes. Children's Hospital Colorado has removed gender markers from patients' wristbands as a part of an effort to support their unique gender identity. The hospital said its staff understands that it's not easy growing up with an expansive gender identity or expression and believe gender-diverse children need a stable support system as they navigate their transition. The idea was implemented on September 20th after the hospital started a gender diversity task force. We are seeing more and more patients who have diverse gender identities. I've said this before. It's all because it's being taught to them. Dr. Natalie Nokoff of the hospital told the news outlet, I think that's true of programs all across the United States. Of course it is because it's being thrown on these people. One patient, a teenager named Ben, said the change is huge for him as he's been going to the hospital for roughly two years and identifies as a female to male transgender person. It's bigger than anything on this planet. Looking down and seeing that F, I'm just like, no, that's not right, he said. Ben is part of a group of around 800 patients at the hospital's true center for gender diversity. They ought to be in the insane asylum is where they ought to put them, which stands for trust, understand, respect, and emerge. The hospital described the group as a safe space. So here we are in the world today. Now, one more thing about the Christian category, we actually have a descendant of slaves in our church. He doesn't want to go back to that, I guarantee it. From Breitbart, Cornell orientation packet tells students if they are privileged or oppressed. When you go to Cornell now, they're going to give you a packet in advance of you starting your lessons, whether you're privileged or whether you're oppressed. An orientation packet handed out, yeah, handed out to freshmen at Cornell University this year separates privileged from oppressed students. The packet shows a list of identity markers that allegedly determine whether a student is privileged or oppressed. The packet lists gender, gender identity, race, sexual orientation, age, class, educational level, religion, nationality, childhood family structure, disability, ethnicity, size, use of English and marital parental status. According to the packet, this system is an efficient way to determine whether one is a, a student is privileged or oppressed. For example, the packet says that you are oppressed if you are a person of size. The packet makes no mention of the immense privilege it is to attend an institution like Cornell University. Uh, oh. Privileged. I mean, you have to be privileged to go to Cornell. But now, once you get there, you're oppressed if you're privileged. <laughs> From Fox News, Purdue holds gender-neutral homecoming, honoring royalty rather than king and queen. So no more, no more king and yeah. queen, they have royalty. Purdue University in Indiana held its first gender neutral homecoming in an effort to bring equality to the campus. The university's student led Spirit and Traditions Committee decided to do away with traditional king and queen labels for the ceremony's respective male and female winners, instead, bestowing them the title of homecoming royalty. So, how is that equality? If they're royal and you're not, how is that equality? <laughs> Also, a new writing guide at Purdue University is instructing students to avoid using words with man in them because they are sexist. This is something we reported on last year and they're repeating it again. Widely used online writing and grammar resource by Purdue encourages college students to avoid generic use of man, like manhandle or you know whatever, any word with man, don't use it. Woman. don't use woman, that's right. And other words with masculine markers. Our goal is to identify the best students to represent Penn State without regard to their gender, gender identity, or gender expression. Oh. Our other category. From the Washington Times, the Trump admin moves to deny. This is a great, great move. We have people that attend this church right now that want to come to America to live. They have to apply for a green card, They right? They have to prove that they meet certain qualifications in order to get that green card. Listen to this. Trump administration moves to deny green cards to immigrants on public aid. makes total sense. My friends can't come because they can't support themselves. Why would we allow somebody to get a green card here that is on public aid? The Trump admin has proposed rules that could deny green cards to immigrants if they use Medicaid, food stamps, or housing vouchers and other forms of public assistance. Federal law already requires those seeking green cards to prove that they will not be a burden on the public charge. But the new rules detail a broad range of programs that could disqualify them. The D- Yes, good. The DHS said that current and past receipt. Of certain public benefits above thresholds would be considered a heavily weighed negative factor in granting green cards as well as temporary stays. The proposal will clearly define longstanding law to ensure that those seeking to enter and remain in the United States either temporarily or permanently can support themselves financially and will not be reliant on public benefits. This one lady, I can't pronounce her name, she's a Hispanic executive director of the National Immigration Law Center, said the proposal was an inhumane attack on the health and well-being of so many families and communities across the country. It's inhumane to expect people to pay for their own way in life. Breitbart, courts have deported half, half of Obama's 2014 adult migrants. Federal agents have repatriated 90% of the Mexicans and 45% of the Central American adults of the border crisis of 2014, but only a tiny share of the 2014 unaccompanied alien children, according to September 2017 data reported by the DHS. Others were ordered home by judges, but had fled into hiding, says the report by DHS. Overall, only about 2% of the 2014 Mexicans 5% of the 2014 Northern Triangle Central Americans and 20% of the 2014 Central American UACs had been approved by judges to stay in the U.S. by last September. The DHS report is based on data collected in 2017, so the repatriation numbers are likely to be significantly higher by September of 2018. So there you go. Trump is doing what he said he would do. From Reuters, Sessions Attorney General Sessions limits U.S. judges' ability to dismiss deportation cases. It used to be if they were liberal, they'd say, I'm dismissing this case. Arbitrarily, they could dismiss any case they wanted. They can no longer do that. U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions announced new limits on the ability of immigration judges to terminate deportation cases. The latest in a series of decisions to facilitate the removal of immigrants in the country illegally. Unlike the federal judiciary system, U.S. immigration courts fall under the Department of Justice and the Attorney General can rewrite opinions issued by Board of Immigration Appeals. Sessions has been unusually active in this practice compared to his predecessors. In his most recent decision, Sessions said judges can only terminate or dismiss cases in specific and circumscribed circumstances. Judges have no inherent authority to terminate removal proceedings, even though a particular case may pose sympathetic circumstances, he said. In other words, you can't play the violin and expect to stay anymore. The decision laid out specific circumstances under which immigration judges can terminate deportation proceedings, including in cases where the government cannot prove its case for removal. Judges can also terminate proceedings if the government asks for a dismissal or to allow an immigrant time for a final hearing on a pending petition for naturalization when the matter involves exceptional appealing or humanitarian factors. The government has to be intervening on it, though. Having a deportation case terminated does not confer legal status on an immigrant, but it does give them time to pursue other avenues of remaining in the country legally. They are being tougher and tougher. Our president is mandating the correct things here. From Zero Hedge. This is great. Canadians who smoke weed legally could face lifetime ban from entering the United States. Yeah. Even though they're allowing it all over the country... Our laws say that you cannot be a, a seller or a smoker of pot in another country. And Canadians, you know, they love the weed up there. And so there are going to be a lot of Canadians that if they admit that they have smoked pot, they ain't coming here anymore. I, I'm not trying to say I don't want Canadians here. I, some people come here in the wintertime. You know, they attend the Superior Order from Canada. All right. I'm not picking on I'm just saying that I agree with the policies that we have set. Okay. Whatever. From Zero Hedge. Initial job, I'm trying to be careful because I don't want to make my Canadian friends angry at me. Zero Hedge, initial jobless claims plunged to the lowest since the 1960s. Good job, President Trump. Okay, I've got a Lesserick here for you. This one, again, is done by both he and his wife, Kathy. One might think that it's rather uncouth to fall off of and into a booth thanks to news seen by all that God managed his fall where the victim broke pride, but no tooth. Good job. All right. Before I give you our irony and odd for the week, I'd like to remind you that I will have linked on the end of this update and in the comments section the Sergio and Rhoda video for this week. It's a travel video to Capernaum. It was very well done. The uh, what do you call it? The photography is Outstanding, simply marvelous. And Rhoda's as cute as a button, yeah. so please watch it. All right, irony for the week, I call this Ironic Bulletin. And the, uh, what do you call them? We did it last week, apostrophe. What do you call these things? Quotation, quotation marks, thank you. The quotation is over the word bullet. So I, Ironic Bulletin. All right, Mail Online, one shot too many. Chicago man, hit by a bullet in the chest, was too drunk to realize and didn't seek treatment until the next day. Yeah, wow, huh? And from The Independent, a woman who wrote How to Murder Your Husband essay is charged with murdering her husband. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.